Who are the surprise leading scorers in fantasy football across positions in 2023? And are we feeling them or fading them for 2024? It's time to break it down right here and right now as we look ahead on Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. We're your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league in DFS year-round here on the show. I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL fantasy and betting for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. All right, Michelle, uh, we do need to look at some of these playoff games this week. We have wild card, super wild card weekend, three days of game all the way through Monday night once again. So we'll have a lot of uh, good fantasy stuff to play in the daily realm, FanDuel price picks. We'll get into that here, look at that in the next few shows. But on today's show, we're looking a little ahead. I'm looking a little bit back as well. Some really intriguing scoring leaders that we had across positions here in fantasy football. Some surprises, maybe some expected guys as sleepers, but really a lot of guys that we didn't think were going to finish as high in their scoring. Now, the question we're going to ask and the game we're going to play is feel them or fade them. And this is referring to 2024. If we think these players are going to continue that and we're going to totally buy into them duplicating or coming close to the production of this season, we're going to feel them. If we don't feel that, of course, we're going to fade them. So it's going to be fun to go through that. So we'll start with running backs, go through wide receivers, and give you a few quarterbacks and the tight end that shocked everyone this year. So we'll get right into it here in a moment. But before we do that, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, and we'll get into some Prize Picks of the week for the wild card round later in the week on Friday. It's the easiest and most convenient way and exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnFL and use the code all lowercase LockedOnFL to get a first deposit match up to $100. All right. These are some prized picks, if you will, <laughs> from the season that we had before. One was on the waiver wire, so we'll start with the running backs. The number one steal, whether you drafted him late as a flyer or took him early on the waiver wire, Kyron Williams, the Rams, he's going to be in the playoffs playing against the Lions here. RB2 in average fantasy points per game in 2023 and half-point PPR. You know who number one was? Christian McCaffrey. So, Michelle, let us start the game with Kyron Williams, feeling him or fading him for 2024. It's an easy feeling for me. I mean, this dude finishes a top four running back in half of the weeks he played this year. In six of the 12 weeks, he finished as a top four running back on the week. Absolutely crazy. Since he returned from injury, he was only better as well. He was a top 10 running back in all but one week. And that week, he was a running back 18. So definitely didn't kill you. It wasn't a huge week, but it was fine. Top three in three of those six weeks. I, I It seems like Sean McVay really loves this guy, and he's going to be their, their lead back again next year. And he was nothing but amazing. Well, Michelle, I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to fade him, actually, because there's no way he's going to finish as – 
RB2 overall. So he, he's going to have a little bit of a fade again. But why I'm fading him, this is what I call the James Robinson, Damian Pierce effect, right? These guys that are taken in the late round of drafts, there's a reason they slip. They have some durability issues. They don't always hold up. I'm not exactly sure exactly what Sean McVay is thinking, right, ever with his backfield. Remember what we all thought going into this season. We're like, Cam Akers, this is it. This is a sleeper. We're going to go after him. Cam Akers was gone and then dumped really quickly, right? And then they pivoted to Kai Williams, and they could easily do it again. Now, the one thing about Sean McVay, once he finds his dude for a particular season, he sticks with him, right? But sometimes you don't know when he's totally sold on a dude. So I'm going to fade him only because, look, there's not much else he can do except go down. But I'm going to fade him a little bit where I'm just a little concerned, right? I'm not going to invest a super high pick on him. And I also want to see, of course, what the Rams do in the offseason. So I, I agree with you. Like on paper, yes, this guy should be smashed, everything about it. But just some of the factors that we've seen with these late-round running backs. Now, I will go... And to start with the Dolphins' backfield, right? This is interesting. You had Raheem Mostert, 31 years old, matching his jersey number, has his career year, touchdown machine. He was the Jamal Williams of 2023. Then Devin Chan. These guys finished as RB3 and RB4 behind Kyron Williams in average points per game. Now, Michelle, you can take either one first, feel more fatum, Mostert, and Chan. So I'll give you both of my answers here. I'm feeling A-Chan in terms of, do I think he'll be the running back four again? Maybe not, right? But I still think he's going to be a really good fantasy player moving forward in 2024 and elsewhere. But Raheem Moser, I will fade him because A, he had a league high 18 rushing touchdowns. No one else had more than 14. That's going to be really hard to duplicate, right? And he's going to be 30, turning 32 years old in April. I mean, this is actually his like super healthy year, right? And he still finished it hurt. But he stayed healthy for most of the season, which is super rare for him. So Moster, he's probably going to be drafted too high next year for my comfort. But with A-Chan, this, I know the efficiency can't stay as insane as it's been. But And also, he's a smaller guy, so he's never going to be like a 20-touch back a game. That's not going to happen. But he had eight games this year with just 10-plus touches. Not That's not asking for a lot. And he averaged 22.9 fantasy points per game. In those games, I know one game was huge, kind of skews things, but still the rest of those games were very, very good with some other big games in there as well. So happy to draft A-Chan next year, depending on how high his price is, and I'm going to feel him most or I'm fading. Yeah, I'm going to fade Raheem Mostert, even though he did help me win a fantasy championship because I kind of played a little zero RB, and I did get a little fortunate with him. I didn't expect this type of season from him, especially with the touchdowns, obviously. But he follows the rule that I have, right? He's just now he's adding the age. He's adding the injury history. And look, it's been a great year for him. But we saw what Jamal Williams just did. He went from scoring like nuts to having to score on essentially the last play of his team's offensive season to get his first touchdown of the season. Touchdowns are fickle, especially with uh, backs that are older, right? And HN is coming. Now, this is going to surprise you. I'm going to say I'm going to fade Mostert pretty hard here. I'm going to feel a Chan, and I'm going to say, Michelle, I'm going to go one step further. I would take him over Kyron Williams next year. That's how much I'm excited about him in this offense. So it's bold, but look, I think he's like in the Brees Hall realm of backs or Ty J Spears, right? He's explosive. They're going to get the ball in his hands as much as possible. And look at the Dolphins' weapons, right? There's not a lot. You have Tyreek Hill. You have Jalen Waddell. 
there's not much else. They need to get this guy involved quite a bit. And, uh, and Mostert, again, it's probably headed to some injuries. Now, the next guy, I know we were skeptical. Maybe you were a little bit more than I was. And he was a slow starter. It took him some receptions to get going. Then he just went nuts with touchdowns, rushing yards when the Bucks offense got rolling. It was Rashad White. And we thought he was the check down guy, the new James White for Tom Brady, and maybe not much more than that. RB 14 in half point people in half point PPR. Now, part of it is just, look, this guy was very consistent, right? I mean, he got the touches every week. He had no competition. So Rashad White, are you going to feel him or fade him for 2024, Michelle? I'm definitely fading him. He had 336 touches this year, second most in the NFL behind only Christian McCaffrey. And he still only finished as a running back 14 in yeah. points per game. He was really good as a receiver, and I think he's going to keep that role in this offense. But he was brutal efficiency as a rusher, even throughout the rest of the season. I know it started really rough, got a little bit better, but it went back to being bad efficiency-wise. The Buccaneers were the worst rush offense in the NFL this season, uh, averaging under 90 rushing yards per game. They had the league-worst 3.4 yards per carry. So I can't imagine that they're happy with that, and they're not going to do something about it. I think they bring in a different running back to take more of the – Running load off of White, he'll still have the receiving work, but without all that insane volume, he wouldn't have done what he did this year. Yeah, Rashad White, the one asset that he had that was very helpful, he got a lot of volume and he stayed healthy, right? A lot of backs were falling apart. He stayed healthy, rather consistent too, right? You knew almost every week he's going to get a handful of catches, good shot to score, explode in some weeks where there's a weak run defense, right? It was very predictable at some point, but I'm also going to fade Rashad White because I think this team has got to draft a power back. They cannot put it on Rashad White. It's just too much. That's not what he was drafted to do. And when you have this type of volume, you've got to fade you the next year because, look, this is a back that's not made to handle that type of workload. So I think the w- workload will be split. You'll have a guy eating into the rushing total and touchdowns next year in Tampa. They just didn't have anybody else. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn, some of these guys that they trot out with him, there was no one there. I mean, Chase Edmonds, no, he's not going to cut into it. So you'll get a legitimate competition back there for Rashad White. Now, one last guy, I think we know what both of our answers might be here, but Dave Montgomery, again, I credit him for helping me win a championship, also was a touchdown machine this season. RB12 in half-point PPR in 2023, average points per game feeding feeling him or fading him here in 2024 i'm kind of in between if i had a lean one it's fade him right because you expect jameer gibbs to be more involved he had the 10th most montgomery had the 10th most carries per game played this year 13 rushing touchdowns like you can definitely see uh, areas that he's going to regress a bit right uh, also the ceiling of his really faded off towards the end of the year. The last five weeks really did nothing special for fantasy. Plus the offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson could be gone. So it's all going to come down to price with him. Is he a top four round draft pick next year? Then no, I'm completely out. If he starts to fall in the sixth, seventh round, I would consider him still would still expect him to be on this good offense, have touchdown opportunities. It's just, if he, if he goes too high, I'm out. Yeah, I think I'm going to fade him because, look, he also has a decent injury history, right? He misses games every year. (laughs) So, I mean, it's going to catch up to him a little bit, right, as he gets a little bit older. Keep that in mind. Jameer Gibbs is a fresh legs guy going into year two. You figure that they're not going to be slow, right, using Gibbs out of the gate in his second year. They're going to be like full-on Gibbs. You're the guy, 
and it might become a like a 65 35 thing that happens right with the split of carry so i'm gonna fade david montgomery look it's a career year in a split backfield look much like i would have faded jamal williams if he had stayed in detroit i just didn't feel it right so i i think uh david montgomery fading uh pretty easily here so we will get into some wide receivers and play the same game. A lot of interesting young players that broke out and really carried our teams, and we'll do the same with quarterbacks in our surprise number one scoring tight end of the year. It might just shock you who it is based on uh, what we saw this season. So a lot of stuff to break down there. But before we do that, we got to hear a little bit more from our sponsor, Prize Picks. All right, this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by Price Picks. And look, with Price Picks, it's the easiest way you can play daily fantasy sports. And with the Price Picks, you just pick two to six players and look at their projections here and see if they're going to go above or below those projections. And you just get more or less and see if you can figure out uh, what they're going to do in a given week. And we tend to go with our Price Picks picks going more on the show because we're in fantasy and we want to see the numbers produce there as much as possible. But it's great because you have the reboot policy there. If someone gets hurt, you get reset there where it's not working against you. So that's a lot of fun. And you get a lot of players and stat types that you get. And really, they highlight everything that you can possibly want to play there on price picks. It's easy to win. And then you cash in as well on price picks. So check it out there. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockNFL and use the promo code LockNFL for first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash LockNFL. You'll get a first deposit match up to $100. All right, Michelle. It is time to continue the show. We're going to get into our wide receivers. We're going to play the same game that we've been playing. If you missed it, we're playing feel it or fade it or feel it or fade them in this uh, segment. We're going to look at the wide receivers that went off. And we got to start with the guy playing for the Rams against the Lions in the playoffs. Sets rookie records for receptions and receiving yards. So just didn't get the touchdowns, but everything else, best rookie receiver ever. <clears throat> and look... If you drafted him late or you got him on the waiver wire, he's an absolute steal. Pukaniko, we you know who we're talking about. Wide receiver seven and a half point PPR points per game. We thought he was a fill-in for Cooper Cup. He ends up being one of the most dominant forces in fantasy. Feeling him or fading him, Michelle. I'm like so close in the middle here. Ooh. It's so much going to depend on how high people are on him going into next season. Do I want him to be a first two round pick? No, I don't. I wouldn't feel comfortable on that. We don't know Matthew Stafford's situation after the season. I mean, right now he seems on such a high, right? That you can't imagine him not coming back, but one injury in the postseason, or, you know, let's say they go far and he's happy calling it quits. Who knows, right? We'll, we'll see who his quarterback is next year. If it's still Stafford, I'm going to be open to drafting Nakua high, just not top two rounds. It, it doesn't feel like he had a wide receiver seven season. Like I know he started so hot, really faded off there uh, for a while, middle of season, came back, had a couple big games towards the end of the year, but it, it was too inconsistent for me. Obviously he's a rookie. He can become more consistent, but I'm kind of in the middle with him. Yeah, I, I can see where you're at there, but I'm totally feeling him. <laughs> just had a great season. I just look at this guy's talent, right? Strong fast can blow by everybody he can just be 
a number one, right? That's what you're looking for. Cooper Cup has had his time, and he's been very good, and he was still very good, right? Once they worked out how to figure out using Nakua and Cup together, but Puka was amazing. I, I just think you look at his skill set, the body, and everything he's done, and also working with Sean McVay going forward. I mean, the one thing that you could worry about is Matthew Stafford, right? He could fade a little bit, and the arm could be an issue. They might have to draft a successor soon here, but the way Stafford's playing now, the way this team passes, the way there's not a lot going around here, right? I mean, you have Demarcus Robinson a little bit, and Cup could be a little bit older and fading. Nakua is going to be treated more like a number one. So I'm totally feeling Nakua. Look, I, I think he's going to be in the conversation of first-round pick. That's how good he was this year. So look for that or maybe a mid-second-round pick at worst here with Puka Nakua. So I'm totally feeling it. Now, I think I know where you're going with these two guys. These are two of your favorite guys you love to talk about this season. But let's go there, right? You have Nico Collins, a big year. He finished in the top 10, wide receiver six. There and went wide receiver 16 for his teammate, rookie Tank Dell, before he went down and average points per game, half point PPR. Now, Nico Collins and Tank Dell, you can take them together. You can take them apart, feeling them or fading them. I'm going to definitely feel Tank Dell, obviously, right? Uh, before his injury, he was just on such a high, finished as a top 20 wide receiver in each of the four games before injury, finished as a top three wide receiver in two of those four games. I just love Tank Dell's entire package here with him and he was scoring touchdowns I think that was one of my biggest worry coming in to the NFL was he too small to be scoring those touchdowns but he he scored just fine and he's going to have a great young quarterback with him that whole time so totally in on tank down moving forward Nico Collins on the other hand he was more up and down but I will say is in the games that he just got five targets right five or more targets with CJ Stroud there was 11 such games he averaged over a hundred receiving yards per game in those games average 21 fantasy points per game in PPR. So, and he is still young. So I know that we're like saying maybe the Texans try to find someone younger or better or better, but like Nico Collins proved his worth this year. He's still super young. So there really isn't a reason for the Texans to change it up too much with these guys. So I'll buy both. And I don't think Nico Collins is going to go super high next year just because of his name value. It's still Nico Collins. So he'll be drafted in the third, fourth round, but I don't think he'll get pushed up to that first, second round. Like, Puka Nakua, Nakua will be, and they both finish with pretty much the same points per game this year. Yeah, I'm going to take them as a package here. I'm going to say feel it on both of them because, look, CJ Stroud is just getting started. These are his boys, right? No matter what they shuffled in elsewhere, Noah Brown and Dalton Schultz. Remember, he lobbied for them to take Tank Dell. So that's one thing. And in the other case, Nico Collins was the guy who existed. And look, if a Michigan receiver and Ohio State quarterback can get along so well, then everything is good in life, right? And you look at this, Nico Collins, look, he operated like a number one. He's got the body like that. Tank Dell is a big playmaker. I really think, Michelle, I made this comparison. It's a lot like Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. It's a little bit different because I think Collins is more that Ayuk role, right? The outside guy stretches the field. And Tank Dell, a little bit smaller, but Debo, right? Versatile, can get in the middle of the field and do all the damage here. So, look, we've seen a lot of these young quarterbacks sustain these two receivers. We've seen Jamar Chase and T. Higgins with Joe Burrow, right? So I really like th these guys because, again, John Mechie, we'll see if he can cut into some of this. I don't think so. I think he's going to be more an occasional big play threat that works off these guys. But Collins and Dell going forward, I'm feeling it on both of them. Now, 
here's an interesting case because there's a lot of variables surrounding this wide receiver, even more so than last year. DJ Moore, wide receiver 10 in average points per game and half point PPR. We know what happened, right? He left Carolina, went to the blockbuster trade there to Chicago, reunites with Justin Fields, a clear go-to guy, dominates targets, finally has his best quarterback that he's ever had. That says something of Justin Fields, his best quarterback. He goes off. DJ Moore, based on all the things that could happen with the Bears next year, feeling him or fading him, Michelle? Yeah, it's interesting. He had a really nice year, uh, you know, season highs in receptions, receiving yards, 1,364 receiving yards, and also season high in, with eight receiving touchdowns this year. And that was with a handful of down games with Tyson Badgett at quarterback and not Fields. Now, will it be Justin Fields out there next year? Probably not. So he's going to have to deal with another new quarterback, probably a young rookie quarterback. Will it be better? Will it not? I still don't like, I know DJ Moore finishes a wide receiver 10 and points per game, but I don't think he'll be drafted too, too high next year. So I still think he might be a really nice value. I'll feel him. I'll be right there. I'll, I'll feel him still. Um, did you say you're fading or feeling DJ Moore? Well, I did not say anything yet, okay, but okay. now I will say based on what you said, no, uh, I'm going to go with feeling it with DJ Moore because he's just a baller. I don't care. Look, he produced before this, right? With a whole bunch of junk quarterbacks. Now, I don't care if it's Justin Fields or anyone else. Like, look, Justin Fields did as well as he could. Just try to keep this job, right? I think I would try to keep him. If you start things over, then where are you going? Like, you're rebuilding everything else. Like, at least you know Justin Fields is DJ Moore. Go use the number one pick to go get Marvin Harrison Jr. If you need to use the number 10 or whatever they have as their second pick, I think it's 12, somewhere there. Go get another receiver. I don't care. Just stack this guy up with weapons. Make him go off. And look, if that happens, DJ Moore is going to be even more valuable because it was just him on an island with the occasional side of Cole Komet, right? Darnell Mooney's gone. He didn't do anything. He's a free agent. They're going to let him walk, right? So it's all about DJ Moore. So look, DJ Moore gets it done. I don't know if he's going to finish as high. But look, I still have faith in him as a top 15 wide receiver. So I'm feeling DJ Moore. Now, the last receiver we'll talk about that surprised us with his production, Michael Pittman Jr. Now, he wasn't talked about at all by most fantasy analysts, and probably including myself here in the preseason, because he was just there, right? We didn't know what we are going to get from Anthony Richardson. We thought, okay, he's got a big arm, so Alec Pierce is going to be in the mix. But wide receiver 19 and average uh, half-point PPR points per game. He was pretty consistent early with Richardson, not very long, but – a lot with Gardner Minshew. Pittman, obviously very talented. Where do you stand? Feel him or fade him, Michelle? Yeah, so the thing with him, I, I'm going to fade him. It's not that I don't think he can put up the same type of production, pr production kind of. like I, I don't think he's going to be too far off next year. He only finished with 1,152 receiving yards. It wasn't like it was a crazy season, but he had 109 receptions. His average was just super low, 10.6 yards per reception. Gardner Minshew just loved him. I mean, he was targeted nonstop by Gardner Minshew. Next year, we know it'll be Anthony Richardson instead. The reason why he was such a nice value and a surprise this year is because he was going so late in drafts because he had that whole post-type sleeper thing. People were so high on him in 2022 going into the season with yeah. Matt Ryan. He disappointed us all. He went low, and then he definitely was worth the value this year but if he ends up being drafted around wide receiver 1920 next year you're not really getting a value on him so uh, and we, we could expect his production to actually fall off so i'm gonna fade him yeah and i'm also thinking that it could pivot completely right with anthony richardson 
Like he is a deep arm guy and he might like Alec Pierce a little bit more who flashed at the end of the season. Josh Downs also remember did some damage early in the season here with Richardson. So it could just be a little bit more balanced, right? I think Gardner Minshew has been a one guy cut type of passer. If you go all the way back in the day to Jacksonville, he was all about DJ Chark, right? He tries to find one guy and feeds him all over the field and, and I think there's going to be more competition for targets, and Richardson is just a better quarterback overall than Minshew, so he's going to spread the ball around. So, look, there's no way he finishes this high, again, purely based on receptions volume. So I'm going to fade him for sure, Michael Pittman Jr. And I guess, Michelle, we will hear from another one of our sponsors before we get into our quarterbacks and our special tight end. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by FanDuel. The number one regular season is the NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is very easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, including you can find any bet you want in the new Explore tab or make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays. And you can even make in-game wagers and live same-game parlays. All you have to do to get started is visit FanDuel.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $100 and fit. $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Again, that's $150 in bonus bets when you use promo code locked on when you visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. All right, let's run through three surprising fantasy quarterbacks this year. And we can say if we fade him or feel him for uh, 2024, Dak Prescott finishes as the quarterback four in fantasy points per game, uh, quarterback one in points per game since week six. I was high on him this year, but not this high, right? So he has yeah. a huge year. What do you expect next year? He's going to be drafted highly. Are you in on him or out? Yeah, I'm going to fade him just by the nature of quarterbacks, right? We've seen guys finish really high, then go back down. It's all over the board, right? And we saw that with a lot of guys. I mean, Joe Burrow, I know he had the injury, but he struggled out of the gate, right? He was not going to live up to his scoring. Then we had Trevor Lawrence was hyped. Justin Herbert was hyped. All those guys kind of really did not come through for us. And guess what? I'm going to go after some of the surprise guys from next year, right? We're going to have some guys displace what we had before. Remember, we had... Geno Smith and Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones. I know a couple got has got hurt, but that comes with the territory, right? Dak Prescott does have a bit of an injury history. So I just think finishing that high behind the so-called big three, actually, he was better than one of the big three in Patrick Mahomes, but Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, they're kind of steady, right? At the one, two, whatever you want to do because they're running ability. But after that, it's going to be a volt Valdo here because it comes down to the touchdowns. It comes down to staying healthy, obviously, with all these quarterbacks starting. So I'm going to fade him just by the nature of him being so high and, and not wanting to pay that price, right, to get Dak Prescott to see if he can produce next year. Yeah, I, I think I would do. We've seen him have other good seasons, right? Quarterback four, quarterback one in a five-game sample size in 2020, quarterback eight in 2021. But he's going to be drafted right around the Josh Allens and the Jalen Hurts and yeah. Lamar Jacksons. And at that price, you really need him to be a quarterback one or two 
or it's not going to be worth it. Yeah. Right. So that's why I'm fading him just a little bit. It's not because I think his production will necessarily go down too far. Just not going to be worth the price. What about Jordan Love? And does the quarterback five in fantasy points per game? We talked about him a bit yesterday. I know you're probably feeling him, right? But I'm actually with you if that's your answer. I'm <laughs> I'm feeling Jordan Love as well moving forward. Stroud gets all the love and he gets a lot of love from me, but Love actually averaged slightly more points per game than Stroud this season. And they're both pretty much, I mean, Jordan Love's just as much in his rookie season as Stroud is. And yeah. I mean, Love was throwing to what so many young players. Christian Watson was also hurt for most of the year. Luke Musgrave missed time with injury. So it's only going to get better situation for him next year. And he finished as a top eight quarterback in five of the last seven weeks, top five in three of those weeks. I don't think he's going to be drafted super, super high. Like, I think you're still going to get nice value uh, value for him next year. So I'm feeling it. Yeah, I totally feel it here because you're right. I think there's going to be a perception that he did overachieve. So people are going to be dropping him and then the other people are going to shoot up right joe burrow patrick mahomes even though they didn't deliver right for different reasons people are still going to be on them more than jordan love so i still think he's going to be a nice value for you and look jordan love is pretty mobile so he can score on the ground when needed i think he can put up some numbers that way and you mentioned the, him doing something that no quarterback has done with so many young weapons right all these weapons are going to get better they're going to scheme better for him. They're going to invest in the offensive line, right? They lost David Bakhtiari here, and they're going to have to find a replacement long-term left tackle. So they're going to help him, and we've seen that. I mean, I guess they're willing to give him the help that they never gave Aaron Rodgers in the last few seasons. Uh, they'll load him with wide receivers, load him with tight ends. Now go get some protection for him. So I do like it. And look, he's got all these guys around for a while. They're all young. There's no contract worries with any of these folks so keeper leagues you're really set i think with jordan love for at least two or three seasons based on the level of this offense and what you can produce around him now brock purdy this one is a little bit trickier but look he was right behind jordan love in points per game he was qb6 and that might surprise some people given the mvp campaign that he actually finished behind jordan love but look brock purdy i think i know where you might be going here but are you going to feel it or fade it with Brock Purdy? I think this was a trickier one than we might have anticipated. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to fade him based on the price he'll be at. He was yeah. such a nice surprise this year because you got him super, super late or even off waivers in some situations. So in that scenario, yeah, he was a great value. He put up some really huge weeks for you. He won you weeks and was pretty solid for the majority of the season, but Still had too many down weeks. You still have CMC that's going to take away too many touchdowns from him. Even Debo will take away rushing touchdowns. Like too many weapons that can take his touchdowns away. Plus a really good defense uh, that will also limit how much he has to score in certain situations. So if he ends up being too pricey, I'm completely out and I'm fading him because he's not worth the high price. But I mean, if people are going to keep letting him fall to the double digit rounds again, then yeah, I'm down. Uh, but and I, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, he's too name brand, and that's why I'm fading him too. Like, he's not like Jordan Love, right? Even though Jordan Love plays for a high-profile team, the Packers, I think Brock Purdy got a lot more buzz, right? Brock Purdy's doing this. He's putting up big numbers every week. So there's going to be a lot of talk about Brock Purdy, seeing if he can do it again. But you're right. The touchdowns with the 49ers can go down. The big plays and what he needs to do may go down in a lot of these situations. So, look, the price is too high. Thing in. You're going to get, get a value on Love. You're not going to get on Purdy. So that's why I think we need to fade Brock 
Purdy here just a little bit. And I still think he can be a top 12 guy, but not going to pay for like top six, you know, half of the QB one, top half of the QB ones there. Now, Michelle, I'll throw this last one back at you first because it's a name we've loved to talk about. We've loved him so much. This might surprise the general folks out there that Sam Laporta not only was tight end one in just overall scoring in half point BPR, he was also the average top tight end. So however you look at Sam Laporta, he was the best tight end in fantasy football. Unfortunately, knee injury at the end of the season, may miss the playoff game, should be good for next year. Feeling it or fading it with Sam Laporta, podcast favorite. I mean, he had one of the best tight end rookie seasons of all time, right? He did have the most receptions by a rookie tight end all time, but up there in receiving yards, one of just three rookie tight ends to have 10 uh, plus receiving touchdowns. Just a great season from him overall. He finished uh, as a top five tight end in each in five of the last seven weeks of the season, like just extremely consistent there towards the end of the year. I think for sure he should be in play for tight end one overall next year. Like there'll be other guys in question. Still Travis Kelsey. You got to consider him. Mark Andrews, George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, even maybe Trey McBride. Uh, Dalton Kincaid might be up there if Dawson Knox is gone. There'll be other options, but Sam Laporta right now seems like one of the go-to easiest uh, picks to make there uh, at the top of the tight end list. Yeah, as the power is leaving me where I'm at, to where I have a storm outside, I will say Sam Laporta, I'm going to fade him just a little bit. I don't think he's going to finish as the tight end one. That's the one thing. Don't draft him that way. He's not Travis Kelsey. Don't take him in the first or second round. Draft him reasonably next year. And look, they have more weapons, right? Jamison Williams will probably get involved. The targets will probably be spread around a little bit more with uh, what Jared Goff wants to do. And look, Laporta stayed healthy too, right? You'll probably get Mark Andrews stay healthy maybe next year. You know, we'll see what happens with Kelsey, but you're right. McBride is on the rise. David Njoku has been a revelation this year. We'll probably have more tight ends. Brock Bowers is probably going to have a big rookie here wherever he goes based on his talent level uh, in the draft. And Kyle Pitts actually might be good with a different coach. So all that said, Sam Laporte, again, he's not going to finish his one. Nowhere to go but down. I have to fade him, but I still love you, Sam Laporte. And get well soon. Really a bummer that we won't see in the playoff round. Yeah, and he won't go in the top two rounds, I don't think. It takes a while for people to trust. Like, how long did it take Travis Kelsey to finally be taken in the first round? I mean, it was basically this year where people felt super confident in doing it. It takes a long time of proof. So I don't think he'll be uh, drafted until, like, the fourth round maybe late third and then there we'll we'll discuss that as the offseason goes on but yeah that's it for today's show I, I like this little game we did yeah it's a lot of fun and we'll have some more games of uh, actual NFL wildcards to look at this week so what we'll do is we'll break down like the slates of games to see how we want to work with DFS so we'll do that for you and then we'll end the week giving you uh prize picks and helping you with FanDuel lineups and all that good stuff so a lot of stuff here yet to come as we play playoff fantasy football in its own way here in Lockdown Fantasy Football. For this episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.